Hey, babysitters, this is a clearance update. Now I'm just <laughs> bullshitting. I'm, I'm playing with y'all. Uh, this is the Ish We Talk um, brought to you today by me, myself, the... Uh, I, I'm the co-host. I'm Lily. Um, this is my beautiful, uh, smart, intelligent cousin, Lindsay. Uh, today we have a guest, Ashley, who is Lindsay, uh, Lindsay's sister, but... Let me get off all that bullshit. Let me start by telling you the ish we talk is brought to you today, and you can pick it up by with uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon uh, Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five star rating. Um, it's gonna do whatever it do for us. Uh, it's gonna help us or hinder us, but. I'm going to need you to go ahead and give us that five-star rating. Uh, but back to the subject at hand, this is the Ish We Talk. I am Lily. That is Lindsay. Hi. And Hi. we have uh, Ashley. What up? What up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was beat the fuck up. But we're going we gonna to continue to move past all that. <laughs> Uh, so, um, let's get to the topics at hand. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Um, no, let's go into the Kevin Hart stand-up. Okay. Um, Kevin Hart came out with a stand-up on Netflix exclusively a couple weeks ago called, uh, Zero Fucks Given. And so, since we all have viewed it, what are you guys' thoughts? Ashley? Well, to me, it's kind of like the same stuff that he been doing almost. It was funny and everything, but he, he needs some more some more stuff. He's getting, his stuff is getting a little old, so I don't know. It, it was cool, but... Just nothing to grab your attention. Not no, not really, cause it it just sound the same. Everything sound the same. He just needs some more, some more stuff to talk about. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Material. Uh, material. He needs yeah. some more material. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool though. I ain't no hater. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so basically, you just, you just, you, you just big up the black man. You just, right. hey, listen, for everybody it, you know what I'm saying? It was black, you know. I they mean, made, they funny. made some change on Netflix, so let that motherfucker ride. Hey, it is what it is. I'm gonna give him his props, but I just need him to come with a little bit more material. His, his whole little talking about his kids and all that. Come on, man, you gotta, you gotta come with something new now. That's been in all of his stand-ups just about. So. He addressed that on the stand-up. Then he still was talking shit about him. Yeah, but I know he addressed the whole no choice. him talking about his kids and how people are saying, like, why you continue yes, talking about the kids? Right. That's and he why was he like, I don't have about. nothing else to talk about. And that's sad. So that's what I'm saying. Let me just come with some more material. But see, it's actually not sad because this is actually... um. The dopest thing he can do, you know what I'm saying, on, on the real to me, as a comedian who is a very rich comedian. Like, it's one thing to be a, 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 a struggling comedian, 
or a starving artist or whatever you call it, because they have to be in the now. He's not. He is a very rich individual who doesn't have to be in the now. He can only talk about what is happening in his life. And so I actually thought um, uh, Zero Fucks Given was dope. I do think that it was mundane as fuck. Like, I do think, like, the first 15 to 20 minutes, whack as shit. But as you realize, this is a nigga that's actually super rich in the house. You had to, you you learn to adapt. That's one thing about him because he's so rich and he's so much of a nigga. You, you undo the story, you just felt him on a certain way. You you felt it at a certain level and you found it funny. Like, yeah, the first 20 minutes of it was not funny at all. You was trying to catch up to what he talking about. You can't get to it because you ain't know no rich nigga shit. You know what I'm saying? Not downplaying none of us, but we don't live like Kevin Hart. So we don't know what it was like to like hide being rich and having COVID. We don't know what it's like sending our kids to private school. We don't we know what it's like to be like little Little nasty ass bitch, you acting like a hoe. You know what I'm saying? But even that concept didn't even get us. It started getting us where it was funny when he started just extremely talking about how he had to push past it. And when he pushed past it, all the shit he was telling us for the first 20 minutes, when he said he he learned to push past it, it started becoming funny. So I real respected for that. I'm like, oh, okay. So he gave us the grunt of what it's like to be rich and live, well, not only live with COVID, but also live with the natural quarantine. None of us found none of that shit funny because we all lived through quarantine. None of that shit was funny to us. A lot of niggas lost their job. A lot of, you know what I'm saying? A lot of niggas um, shit found out they bitch was fucking other niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of niggas found out a bunch of shit in COVID. Like, let's keep it 100. Mm-hmm. When he got off of that and just got to being regular Kevin for the mundane stereotype that, you know what I'm saying, that we all are used to, him talking about his kids, being on extra, but not being on the in that COVID box, he started becoming funny. So you enjoyed it? I did after the first twenty minutes. I did enjoy it, mm-hmm. and so it was. It was what it was sixty. It was sixty minutes yeah. or something like that. So so for um, the first twenty twenty five minutes, I didn't enjoy it. For the yeah. first for the next forty five minutes, I thought it was or thirty thirty five minutes. I thought it was funny. Okay. Um, me. I didn't mind the COVID talk, um, but towards the progression of the stand-up, I didn't care, and I kept losing focus because it wasn't funny. I watched it three times. The first time, I lost focus, so I was like, let me do a redo. I did the redo, lost focus again. So then the third time, I'm like, I'm going to really watch it. Lost focus again. Like, it's it's just not funny. <laughs> like, it's new material. It's yeah, that's why. It, 
It's just not. Listen, because yeah, y'all say that, and Ashley keeps on saying he needs new material. The thing about it is, all comedians besides Dave Chappelle and mm-hmm. Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. these are the only two comedians I can ever say that just act no or uh, uh, George Carlson, but he's a white guy. But if we're gonna put uh, 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 um, Carlin, Carlin, George Carlin, okay. Carlin, yeah, um, these are guys that made the newspaper funny. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, all the rest of the comedians from the greatest reuse the same material over and over again, and just use different words from Eddie Murphy to Chris Rock. To um, Martin Lawrence, to Bernie Mac, to D.L. Hewley, to anybody that you can think of as a real superior comic, they have all reused everything they ever said over and over again. They just reworded. Maybe that's what the difference is because Kevin Hart's stuff just always sounds the same. He always be doing all that stuff. <laughs> he do that every time. So it just always sound the same. I don't know. I mean, I ain't, like I said, I ain't knocking Kevin Hart or nothing. I like Kevin Hart. I like yeah. Kevin Hart too. I like him and I respect him for what he's doing. Right. And what he has done. Um, It's just not that funny. Like. But it is funny. Like, let's, let's, let's put the bases on that. It's not that funny, but it's funny. It's funny, but I think it's because we compare Kevin Hart to Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart has some classic stand-up. Like, my favorite is I'm a Grown Little Man. I can watch that right now and laugh like I've never seen it. And then Seriously Funny is Seriously Funny. You know what I'm saying? And some people go back and forth between I'm a Grown Little Man and Seriously Funny on which one is his best. So, I feel like because he has these such superior classic stand-ups that when he gives us this bullshit, we feel like it's straight garbage. Cause it don't even seem like he puts in the um the effort that he put in or the energy that he put in when he was in the beginning. And I get it. Yeah, he's in the beginning, he he's grinding, he's trying to prove himself and all that. And you get to a certain you get you get to a certain part where you plateau and you just selling, you just coasting through, and he know that he's gonna get his money and he's gonna get his views because off of the strength it's Kevin Hart. So we gonna watch it because it's Kevin Hart. But whether we like it or not, at this point in his career, it really don't matter. He got his money, we watched it whether we liked it or not. He's not in that grind mode to where he gotta he gotta be extremely funny to get that word of mouth out because I heard about I'm a grown little man from word of mouth. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. he's not he's not in that realm no more. So I feel like because he's not in that realm no more, his material is lackluster. Anyone? I I can give you that. But I will say, um, you're not even paying attention to what you said, though. Like, I mean, you're you're paying attention, but I want you to get this concept. Mm-hmm. You got to a point where you couldn't compare Kevin Hart to nobody else but Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. 
This is how funny Kevin Hart is. You didn't compare him to everybody else. Like the spill, I just, I just blew out like the whole stupid ass from from one to ten fucking top ten fucking comedian. Mm-hmm. That spill, I didn't, you, you didn't even give. You straight up baited, uh, baited Kevin Hart against Kevin Hart. Right. So that's an acclimate to itself. And it's absolutely. like you're comparing him to uh, raw Kevin Hart to multi-millionaire Kevin Hart. Right. And so I understand how you, you can have your resolve because everybody does. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you have to understand that at the same time that you did that, you said it's not as funny. You didn't say it wasn't funny. No, it wasn't straight garbage. I mean, you there said was a it's couple not of as points, funny. There's, it was a couple points where you laughed, but it's not like how classic I'm a grown little man is or seriously funny is. You know what I'm saying? Or even laughing my pain. It's not even laughing my pain. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are his top three to me. But it's what you relate to. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because mm-hmm. it's, it's what you relate to. Um, Kevin is a rich man and he talked to a rich audience. Like, I, I understand that we are all still his fans because we grinded from the bottom mm-hmm. with Kevin. Mm-hmm. But Kevin is talking to his rich fans. Yeah, and he's not talking to, to us. his rich fans. That was fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the best thing they ever fucking heard. Yeah, because that's something that they can relate to. Like, we can't, exactly. We can't he was to talking to his rich kids. fans. Yeah. He was talking to the people that he's used to being around on a daily. Just like why Seriously Funny was seriously funny to us because he was used to talking to people like us yeah. on a daily. Now he talks to rich folks on a daily. So to rich folks, that shit was hilarious. And to niggas like us, it was kind of funny. So what he needs to do is find that balance mm-hmm. for the whole audience. Because right. yes, you have your new right you have your new fans and then you got your day one fans like you can't leave us behind when you move to a certain tax bracket or whatever and then you can't just negate the new fans as well so he gotta find that medium between the two and there's there's some comedians that do it he's gotta be Chris Rock times 10 no he needs to be him but he, he needs to find that happy medium between his day ones and his new. Because nobody's saying turn his back on neither one of them. He just got to find that medium to where he can entertain the whole audience. Exactly. That's why I said he got to be Chris Rock. I'm not saying be Chris Rock. I'm saying being be Chris Rock times. Chris Rock had the uncanny ability to be funny with his rich white fans and be funny with his poor black niggas too. Yeah. He he yeah. he Chris uh um Chris Rock is the hybrid of uh an actual uh super successful um comedian because he was actually he was actually able to transcend uh like Richard Pryor was trying to do, mm-hmm. but he died before he ever became great. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock is actually great. He's He's somebody that we should be giving flowers to as far as uh, a comedian because he transcended past Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like Kevin Hart at this point, he's made uh, stupid money. 
Yeah. Off of being funny. Well, Chris Rock made a lot of money about uh, with being funny, but he, he made a he made stupid money being relatable. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a big difference. Right. Like, yeah, Chris Rock made millions and millions of dollars being a comic. But he made oodles of money being relatable. Right. I get Because he transcended past all that shit. Right. So Kevin Hart, like that's why I was saying Kevin Hart needs to be Chris Rock times 10. So he needs to channel his inner Chris Rock. He needs to channel his <laughs> inner Chris And then he needs to understand that the Democrat that he's dealing with now is not only black people being poor, but black people being middle class, black people being upper class, and black people actually being wealthy. Chris Rock only had to deal with black people being poor, black people being middle class, black people maybe being rich if he was an athlete. Right, right. You know right, what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Or if you know maybe you was in politics and you 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 mm. fuck with the right oil nigga. Right, you know, right. Kevin Hart has to deal with. Poor, middle class, maybe rich, super rich, and wealthy niggas. Right, right, right. So he has to be Chris Rock times 10. Yeah. Okay. So, how would you rate it? I ain't watched it all the way fully, so I can't give it no rating at this point. Okay, okay. Flag on the play. Time out. How can you... We went through this whole motherfucking spiel. This whole spiel. And you didn't even watch it through? And you still had the nerves to say, what? It just wasn't funny to me. That's probably why she didn't watch it all the way. I I really fell asleep, honestly. Just the first 20, 30 minutes of what I watched. I mean, it was some funny parts, but then it was some parts where I was sitting there like, <laughs> Waiting to laugh again, but yeah. From what you saw, from what I saw, which is bias, y'all. Like <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's fam, but I'm gonna say <laughs> the truth. Like if she gives this motherfucker two out of five, don't believe the shit. You can watch <laughs> the shit yourself. I'm gonna give it about four, three and a half popcorn bags. Three and a half out of what? Four out of five. Out of five, three and a half. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, I'll let you ride with that. I was, if you if you was gonna be one of them niggas to be like that shit was garbage, no, but I you only watched like twenty that. minutes of it, yeah. I'm not gonna give you. I, I can't give you that. If I watched it, I gotta see it. All. It made you go to sleep. That's not good. You gotta take points Watch away. Watch it up. No, nah, <laughs> we're not gonna say it like that because you know we as black people, we got jobs, we got kids, we got stressful lives, we got hustles, we got all that. Maybe she watched it on the time that she shouldn't have watched it. If you got some time to sit there and watch it, then give me another rating. We'll put an asterisk by her. Yeah, man. (laughs) It's like this year's fucking uh, NBA fucking championship. It's an asterisk. (laughs) So I would give it, I would give it three points. I would give it three period. Three Three bags out of five. What say you? I give it flat out three. I I don't know what I'm saying no buts about it. I, it it was uh, it was uh, times when he was lacking. It was times where it was just stale. Mm-hmm. But 
when he I, and I think that's just because of his his hiatus from comedy. Once he felt his mojo, you know what I'm saying? When he was going through it, because I I, I I don't know. I'm just being biased because I like Kevin Hart. Once I once I felt him feeling his routine, like him feeling that it was funny, he he busted open, and and I, and it was funny to me. Like I said, the you know, first twenty minutes, nah. Yeah. But that last twenty five thirty, yeah, it was there. It was it was right. Okay. All right. So next up. <laughs> so in local news. Local. Um. There was a story. Out of Kansas City, Kansas. <laughs> that is funny to me, so we're gonna talk about it. And it is Kansas City, Kansas police say suspect broke into home, made sandwich, and fell asleep in victim's bed. Kansas City, Kansas police say one person was taken into custody after breaking into a home late Friday afternoon. Police responded to a home near Seneca Avenue and Booth Avenue just after 4 p.m. after a victim reported reported he came home and found someone he does not know inside his house. The victim said the suspect had on his clothing, made a sandwich, started cooking some food, and ate his Roman. When officers arrived at the scene, they found the suspect had disabled the electronic locks to the home and was sound asleep in the victim's bed. The suspect was taken into custody without incident and booked into the Wyandotte County Jail. Police said CSI detectives responded to the scene. Thoughts? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> how you even noticed that this man in H.O. Roman <laughs> Why did you notice that? He had, to, he had to be on some elaborate, this shit ain't mine. <laughs> I just, I, I fucking got Roman everywhere. I got ramen noodles here. I got Roman. Okay. I got noodles I all through this bitch. bags. And now I got four. I ain't ate none. Nah. I the five bags. Where my Roman? Nah. nah. All those, nah, all those ramen was gone. See, y'all looking at that. I'm that, looking at that. That really stuck out to me. I mean, that's the shit that stuck out to that you. That stuck out because that is just odd as hell. And then y'all wrote the shit in there too. Like, hey man, that nigga took that man rhyming. <laughs> like flat out. Put that in my report. Listen, I need my Roman. We know I how that shit is. Restitution for my Roman. First of all, for that nigga to call it Roman, he just he's he's. He's literally living in a struggle bubble because it's rhyming. He just rhyming his butt. If a nigga ever is on a police report and say nigga took my Roman, like, you know that nigga is living below his means, man. Like because he's only he, he's he's only looking at that shit and smelling that shit as nigga as possible because it's rhyming. Simple and easy. The, he probably opened the door to the house and was like, I ain't ate no Roman. I smell it. Like, who, who ate who the put Roman? My Roman? Who put my Roman on the fucking grill? That's, That's all the empty package. Dude. That's what happened. Okay, what, what gets me above all that shit is 
this sleepy ass nigga that is in this nigga's clothes manages to disable this nigga's electronic fucking locks. This goes to show you all that shit that you white people love that y'all be like, yeah, I'm going to get all this monitor and I'm going to get this electric and I'm going to get this shit and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. You got a nigga that falls asleep doing a robbery that's able to beat that shit. You are doing something wrong. Because I got a nigga right now that got seven padlocks on his door and ain't never been robbed. You know why? Because it's hard to get through them fucking padlocks. This shit is crazy. Just the fact that he had the audacity to be on some Goldilocks and the Three Bears type shit. Right. And you, you know, had to and be. he was on some brother man from the fifth floor type shit. Like, oh. <laughs> first of all, I want to know what he was making because the ramen was gone. <laughs> he he had a sandwich, sandwich <laughs> and he was cooking. This he nigga had cook. your wings on the motherfucking grill. <laughs> he had a grilled cheese like, out that bitch. What the like, fuck is going on? Like this nigga, what what's this nigga making lasagna when they kicked in that motherfucker? Like <laughs> <laughs> this nigga's in the verge of cooking while he's knocked out with a sandwich and all the ramen gum. And then he must have been scoping the scene because usually, not that I know from personal experience, yeah, but it's, usually it's a break in, you try to get experience. in and you try to get out. She knows, yeah, look, no, she knows. Whatever. I don't know. He was on some other. Yeah, like he must have known. He must have been scoping the scene. Was like, hey, he go to work between this time and this time. I'm about to go in. I see he went and he was he went grocery shopping yesterday. I'm about to go make me a sandwich. I'm about to go lay. Man, you didn't even say sandwich right. You laid that sandwich like a real thief. I'm about to make me a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) You laid that out like a real a real thief. <laughs> he legit was melt water and ready to rob your fucking cabinets, man. I'm about to put on his room, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like he put on his clothes. He slept in his bed. He made a sandwich and some ramen, which lets me and know. Let, and took a nap. That's why I think. And he disabled. He was smart enough to scope out that house. He knew that person's. He had to have known that person's he schedule. Yeah, he he already yeah. known, period. Right. And he went to sleep and he didn't set his alarm. That's the only thing he messed up. He did not set his alarm. Because he all he wanted was a sandwich and a place to stay. <laughs> That's it. And some wrong. And some that. fresh clothes. Like it had to be a homeless person that was just the thing smart. about I was about to say the thing about it is he got caught with that man's clothes on. That right there lets you know. This wasn't no uh, fly-by-night robbery. That nigga's been in there for days. Yeah. That nigga nigga was in there for a long goddamn time before he got caught. There's a movie where people squat in people's houses. Like, that's what they do. Dang, I can't remember the name of that movie for the life of me. But that's what they do. They They have, like, a whole subculture where they be squatting in people's houses. Damn it. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Like I, for the life of me, I cannot think of the name of that movie. Well, that's the thing I was about to say before, before it even became movie. It's like you know, um, I love growing up how I grew up because I, 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 I love growing up the poor life. We used to do that shit all the time. Like as kids, 
not having shit, 16, 17, you know, uh, I grew up in a generation where uh, our mothers felt like if you graduated, you needed to get the fuck up out the house. And so we lived how we had to live. Yeah. So like that shit doesn't know what I'm saying. That shit actually like is normal to me. Like, should we like hit up apartments that like we ain't seen niggas in for days? We used to hit them niggas. Motherfuckers that went to jail. Oh, we would love to why I cause I stayed on 27th Street with my sister Toya. Mm-hmm. Oh, we would love to see you getting arrested. And, and, and getting up out that apartment. We gave you fucking two days. 48 hours. If didn't nobody come to that motherfucker to collect anything, uh, we was in that bitch living. And we yeah. ransacked that motherfucker looking for something. Yeah, <laughs> Hell yeah, making food. If we was fooding that bitch, we made that shit. I'm not going to fake that. I'm not going to even act like that. Nigga, we ain't good pork chop uh, sandwiches and, and, and niggas dope houses. Like, wow. on God, nigga, like, <laughs> real shit. We didn't do a lot of that uh, shit. I, nigga, I got a homeboy, his brother and his daddy moved into a dope house because wasn't nobody claiming that shit. Wow. They waited for, like, two, three motherfucking weeks. Nobody claimed this motherfucker. They was just getting it how they lived. Mm-hmm. No key to this motherfucker, none of that shit. We in this, and they was in that bitch for at least a year and a half on my mama without nobody ever questioning them. Wow. Wow. But that's how the bums are on the block. Yeah. They, uh, the bums on the neighborhood that we grew up in, the bums take over the vacant houses and that's their house. Yeah. And people don't understand how. They don't do nothing either, too. Because squatters have rights. It's, the, yeah, it's a weird thing. Crazy. Squatters have rights. Because we had a cousin, um, and Mama went over today to his house, and it was squatters in there. She tried to get the squatters out. Police came over there. She had the paperwork on the house and everything, and they would not put them out for mm-hmm. nothing. Squatters have rights. If, if, if it's, I, I don't know uh, completely what the squatter right is. But if they stay clean, it's 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 almost uh old school uh Neanderthal shit for real. It's like before, like it's like when the Constitution was first getting made. It's like they still carry those rights where if you claim a land for more than thirty days and nobody stays claim to it, it's yours. And to a motherfucker actually provides paperwork to say it's theirs. So squatters. Got at least ninety days to fuck your shit up. But in that case, they had my mama had the paperwork, and they, they did not know they would not they have still, been staying in there. Yeah, but how how can you prove as a squatter I've been right, here? Like how they you- can. They can only just go by that rule. So it gave them an extra fucking sixty days. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's wow. Oh, that's breaking well, and entering. That is, like, and I'm gonna stand my ground, and I'm gonna bust these right. shots. And you gonna get it how you live. I got these papers. <laughs> I got these papers. And it's one of them. Y'all don't remember the dude that uh, uh, I want to say it was in Texas. Uh, the squatter guy. He uh, he squatted for a year, and he found out that uh, the people that uh, 
that originally owned the house, mm-hmm. uh, they only owe like $1,200 or something for taxes. And he paid that. And, now and he became the legal owner, and the residents in that area was like in an uproar over there. And he was like, "Yeah, I paid for this shit, nigga. This mad." Like he, wow. he was really on his huh, whatever. Wow. He paid. He paid it because he was squatting in there for so long, and he mm-hmm. did the research, and he got this. It was like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars house. And you know, it was what? legit his. He did the plumbing in there. He did all that. So he was saying, I legit put work in here. So, um, like, legally, y'all can't even push me out because I put in work when the people that owned the house basically abandoned it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And they were mad. Them, them <clears throat> people were in a uproar. And I'm yeah. pretty sure because he wasn't going to do nothing but have super meth parties. But oh, yeah. the thing was... But- he bought it. He bought it. He and bought then it. he did all the renovation he mm-hmm. needed to keep it sustainable as sustainable as a house. Yeah. That's so they, 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 it was nothing they could do about it. That's wild. Damn. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, pay the Just pay the right. back taxes. Just pay the back taxes. All right. Let me go squat somewhere. <laughs> sure. See how much these Find a nice are. little spot. <laughs> right. <laughs> How much y'all want for this? Right. Cash money, bitch. Right. <laughs> right. Go find one of these house, these vacant houses in Oakland Park or something. Niggas do it. I just yeah. got a home uh homeboy got a rental property for eight hundred dollars. Real shit. Wow. Real shit. The nigga abandoned that motherfucker. Uh well, no, I take that lie back. The uh the people that owned it. Well, the man that owned it ended up getting locked up. The people he gave it uh, gave it to, like, totally just um, gave up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, they owe, like, $800 uh, on taxes. Uh, he did the whole paperwork, did whatever he needed to do, waited for them to, you know what I'm saying, try to claim the property. They didn't claim the property. He ended up getting it for $800, and uh, he appraised that motherfucker for, like, 42 grand. Wow. That's a come up. <clears throat> That's definitely a come up. That's a huge come up. Right. Right. For real. Figure it out. So what you gotta find. Because he just, he totally butt fuck found this shit. Like, the only thing that was cool is because it was in a neighborhood that we was used to. So he had, he had um access to be able to like, um see if it was any real problem. The only thing mm-hmm. he had to do was like, Change out the plumbing because like niggas took out the copper work. Yeah, you know, been there. You know, it was just one of them. But it was <clears throat> that wasn't nothing. That that's nothing but a uh, cheaper thousand dollar fix. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. Just run plastic out through that right, bitch. Right, right, right. And that's that what it was. Either. It's like it's appraised for forty two grand, and he like either I'm a, I'm a, whoever got the the you know what I'm saying the coolest money. I'm gonna give it to him, or I'm gonna just rent this bitch out because. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing wrong with it for me. Right, right. Right. That's one hell of a come up. That's what, eighteen hundred dollars basically? And it's appraised at forty two? Shit. <clears throat> All right, so um next up you said you didn't hear about the notes working in the restaurant. Okay. Um 
So let's go on ahead and just continue with these funny ass stories. So there is this uh what is that called? Restaurant. Yes, there's this restaurant in Dallas that is a black owned restaurant and <clears throat> the owner is kind of like an upscale restaurant or whatever and but the owner has a DJ that plays urban music in the restaurant and so during the um evening this one particular evening the patron the patrons of the restaurant was feeling themselves a little bit when some music came on um I understand they was playing throw that ass in a circle. Throw that ass in a circle. And they got up throw and, that was, ass in a circle. and was um, following instructions. So the owner came out, basically cussed out everybody. <laughs> and was, I mean, he basically said, yo, um, I am a black business owner. I made this um, restaurant for my people. To have an upscale restaurant and we want people to respect each other and I can't tell men to respect you if you in here twerking I don't want y'all twerking in my restaurant if you gonna do that and get the fuck out my restaurant and that's what a lot of people are saying I don't think so um I don't get it if you don't want your uh establishment that type of what Play some, play some different music. Play some elegant that's, music. I that's what know. a lot of people confused. said. That's what a lot of people But that's said. what I'm confused at, though. I'm confused that play some different music. Um, And my thing is, I get it. I get you, you know what I'm saying? Your, your, your DJ playing house music. And you're going to get some people to get in there. And you, you know what I'm saying? They're going to twerk. And they're going to do everything. You know what I'm saying? Whatever they do. I get that because it's um it's almost... It's a, a rhythmic thing. It's it's mm-hmm. it's one of them where you can't blame us. That's, that's something that's in us. That's an inheritance in us. You know, before it became over-sexualized, mm-hmm. that was just how our culture moved. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about it with with him is I don't see nothing wrong that he did. I really wish he would have worded it differently. Yes, that was my problem. Um, I didn't like him cussing out the people in the restaurant. Yeah. He could have not, cause I mean the same thing that you're trying to prevent, you're actually doing. Like you right. don't want to have the ghetto shit happening, but you're being ghetto. You're being ghetto with as your fuck. vulgarities. So, um, and then on top of that, if you, if you want to have this type of atmosphere, don't have a DJ in there playing this type of music. Right. Just have some, just have some, some satellite radio going, you know what I'm saying? Like, but that's my thing. My thing is, um, I can play whatever music I want in my restaurant. Um, what I don't want, and, and, and my thing is, is more business wise. Um. No, I don't want nobody standing on my furniture popping their ass. You know, no, I don't want nobody, you know, who is uh, drunk feeling themselves uh, grinding and, and, and twerking on my fucking seats 
when, you know, you probably drunk, it's probably your birthday, you ain't got no panties on, you didn't, you just, you just put pussy all over my goddamn uh, couch. I get all that. Mm-hmm. Only thing I'm saying is, it could have been worded different. Right. Um, or it could have been elegance. handled different. Yeah. Like, I've been in establishments where a person that I was there with got up in the chair and started twerking. All that, all they had to do was just come tell her, like, hey, get off the table. Exactly. Or get off the chair. She got down, no problem. We continued the night. You know what I'm saying? Like, all that extra really wasn't necessary. Him giving this, I have a dream S speech with right. cuss words was not needed. I'm grown. You ain't got to lecture me. If you don't want me twerking, fine. I won't twerk. But you trying to chastise me, that's something different. And that's and the I'm thing. Gonna that's what I understand. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the oxymoron to me was, you straight up said, uh, my restaurant is 75% women. When you said that, you turned around and said, I don't need your money. Mm. You are lying. That's right. how I, you, you're, you're, you're contradicting yourself. Yeah. So let's not say that. Let's just say this. Hey, ladies. It's hard for me to keep on bringing men to this structure because one thing, they think this is a whole woman setup, and they're judging us for that. Mm-hmm. On in that same accord, the man that want to come in here and get to know y'all ladies, you're kind of downplaying them because you're doing everything that they didn't want to see here. Right. So... You know, it, it's it's a lot of things he could have said. Right, right. They, I think they Besides shouldn't that. have played that music because if you don't want nobody coming in, you can't have, you can't say, but you, oh, you can't come in here and dance or put a sign on your window that says. I'm glad you said that, though, because um, it is actually establishments that play that type of music and regardless of that, and, and are white establishments that have those same rules. But we so, quick to say that, the, that those rules are biased. Those rules are that. and that's the thing. Right. When I went to Tulsa, on the only thing I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this: when I went to Tulsa, it was a strip club I went to, and you know it's a strip club. They doing everything except showing pussy at this time, which I hate. It's not a real strip club if they ain't showing pussy. <laughs> Shout out to Juicy J. Um, but uh, while I was at this strip club. Um, I happen to um, be in an area where I can get a lap dance for uh, 60 bucks. I paid two of them. So I had two of them around me. Mm-hmm. The one that wasn't sitting on my lap, she started dancing around me. Security mm-hmm. came and shut her the fuck down. Mm-hmm. No. You get off our fucking furniture. Mm. So it's no one saying that's not that's why I understand where he can he, he's coming from because mm. it's not about you know what I'm saying the music that's being played. It's mm. the ambiance the ambiance that's being right, set right, up. Right. It's right. the 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 ambiance being set up is not for you to do this. Right. So get but, your monkey ass down. But what I like if you're going to have a DJ that's cool. However, maybe you need to tell the DJ certain songs don't need to be played, like 
Case in point, throw okay. that ass in a circle. Because that's a song that's telling you to, to do, tell you to do it. So people gonna right. get up and do the dance. Right, like you cannot play throw that ass in a circle. You cannot play back, back that ass up. up. <laughs> like you cannot, so you cannot play the wobble. You can't play the electric slide because you don't want no dancing in your establishment. Right. Like you It can't wasn't a dancing. I don't think it was a dance for him. It I think it was the... It's what it seemed like. I don't even, I think... I think it was the level of class. Right, that but he wanted to establish the for level it. Of class for that song is the same. But whether whether she was getting up, but you can still like that song without jumping up and that song bouncing is on the near classy period. It's not all I'm saying though, fam. <laughs> can't even make it. All I'm saying, fam, <laughs> no way. is throw your gluteus maximus in a rhombus. <laughs> <laughs> you an asshole. What I'm saying is, flat out, um. That song still doesn't allow, like, if Throw That Ass in a Circle came on, that still doesn't allow you to go over here on, on Lizzie's couch and throw your ass in a circle. You can like the song, but you still have to have a reserve of where you're at. Now, when you're, when you're in a place where you're comfortable at, like your home or whatever, and maybe they feel comfortable at that restaurant. But he had to let them know, and he you you get a lot more uh, flies with honey than shit. Yeah, uh, he could have let them know in a better way that that's he, not he what you do. Definitely could have. Um, he definitely could have. Um, you I don't have to do like... that everywhere you're at because you hear a song. Because if that's the case, you know that means you start condoning. Like if you're condoning this right here because the song says bounce your ass, so bitch, I'm gonna bounce my ass. If you condoning that, then you're condoning. Songs to say, shoot this nigga in the face in the middle of the club. I <laughs> You know, but, but you yeah, see where I'm going right, with that? Right, right. You got it, it has to be a level of, you have to know that at this time, this is just background noise. It does, it's not selling you to do it. It's just background noise but I think for the he, culture. I think he don't even realize the type of atmosphere that he was actually setting up. Because it's one thing to have a PA system and you have music playing on that. It's a whole nother thing when you have a actual DJ in the establishment. True. You know what I'm saying? Don't, they'll be like, oh, girl, you know, uh, this place over here, they be playing. Woo, woo, woo. And then and they got a DJ. Right. Like, you know that's going to draw more people in. That's more people that you don't even want. Right. That's going to draw more people in. You're absolutely right. But it draws a vibe because if you were in Target and you heard Throw that ass. Well, you wouldn't hear throw that ass in the circle. But if you heard back that thing up, not back that ass up, you may may not see somebody in the aisle twerking. You know what I'm saying? But it if but it's play, not though, a whole if, if, vibe. If you play back that thing up, you're definitely gonna see at least one person in every aisle at Target back <laughs> that ass up. Let's just like come on, let's just get. But this. it's a whole different vibe when you got a whole DJ with speakers and you hear the bass and you feeling it in your yeah, chair. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a whole different vibe than if you're hearing it through the PA system is my point. You know what I'm saying? So he set the vibe for this to occur and then get mad when it occurs. Yeah, that ain't, I, I wonder if they play Mac Dre and people start getting up dizzy. But this is my yeah, thing. This, <laughs> the, this is the he same. This is the same rules that apply though. This is what I'm saying though. How y'all have, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what that's what y'all saying. Y'all saying like, um, because he has a DJ there, and the DJ is playing this type of music. 
It's that part of it. Um, and I agree with you with that. I agree with you at a point, though. I agree with you at a point where I'm saying that he could have established what his restaurant was about and still played that motherfucking music. He could have. You know what I'm saying? He, like, he just totally handled he, it. And, and, I say, and that's why I'm saying he handled it wrong. Yeah. Because I could have the most elegant ass of restaurants. And, but I would tell you off the flip, I'm playing everything that I'm used to listening to. That still doesn't mean you get up and clap your ass and do whatever in my restaurant, but I'm going to state that right there. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it I was, feel like he he missed, he missed that, the mark. Yes, because he 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 thought it was a cool idea to have a DJ there, which it is. It is. It's a and dope idea. he thought it was idea. a cool idea to have this upscale um, establishment for black people, which that is. However, he just didn't put two and two together. And then he wants to get mad at people because I exactly. honestly wasn't mad at him feeling that way. Like the explanation no, it's that he not. gave, I'm not mad at. You can't However, be mad I'm at just it. mad at the way that he delivered. Exactly. It's the delivery. Right. Because at the end of the day, you do need these people's money. Like you said earlier, you do need it's these people's money. It's an oxymoron to say that. Damn, it's a damn restaurant. You're not going to survive without these people's money. Exactly. So don't don't get in my face talking about you don't need my money. Bitch, you do. Yes, you do. And that's the thing. That's why I'm glad certain situations like that never happened to me. Because I would have been like, I get what you're saying, my nigga. But you fucked up. Because if I walked out right now without paying for my tab, you'd be fucked up. Right. What so, if everybody uh, word that shit the right way? Yeah. The thing is, if you're gonna have anything like that, you should you you should do do the same shit that everybody else do. Killer Mike, Ti, all them that 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 uh, were born and raised in this type of hellraiser environment. This uh, bitches twerk, bitches strip, bitches do whatever. But we got these certain establishments where that shit ain't going on, and they lay that shit down the line. Right. You right. could have did that with no order. You, but and that first day yeah. opening, you could have told them, hey, bitch, I play UGK. Bitch, I play Old Dirty Bastard. Bitch, I play Zero. Bitch, I play every nigga from Texas. I play every nigga from Atlanta. I play every trap song you ever heard of. But what I want you to do is understand that I'm playing this because this is the environment that we came from. But we're, we're elegant trap. We're, ele- we're we're elegant we're elegant bando, you know. We but we have all that. This is where we came from, <laughs> but we can. You know what I'm saying? This is where we're going to eat. It's a different. It's a different genre. You don't shit where you eat at. Yeah, I like that elegant trap music. Exactly. Yeah. Hashtag elegant trap. Elegant <laughs> trap. Because I mean, if he did that, he would have never had a problem with his restaurant even going through that. And if right. his if his restaurant did that. Then that that argument that he did that day, even if it did happen, it would have been justified yep. because he already said that off the flip. Right. So we wouldn't even have said, it's how you say it, right. my nigga. Right. right. Because if he already said it that way, he had every right to be like, I don't give a fuck what you talking about, nigga. Take your money the fuck up out of here. Yeah. Yeah, but it would have been nothing for you to go over and tap the lady on her shoulder. Hey, sit down. That's it wouldn't have been I'm nothing. Saying, if you would have came at her correctly, I'm sure nine times out of ten the bitch would have sat down. You know what I'm saying? So, to conclude, I feel like we're all in agreement that 
he was justified with how he was feeling. It just was a way of saying it. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was the way he worded it. Yeah. Hey man, if you want to be elegant trap, man, let <laughs> niggas know that you're gonna be elegant trap. I try to be elegant trap all day, like bow, like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to put a little bit of lemon in my motherfucking Hennessy. I, I try to be elegant trap as fuck. You feel me, that nigga? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's 100 though. That's 100. Put a little lemon in your Hennessy, bro. Right. It help you out though. And drink it with your pinky up. Mm. Oh, I bring out my pinky. <laughs> oh shit! You, he- you heard it from the fam, <laughs> nigga. You heard it from the fam. We elegant with this shit, nigga. Right. right. And uh, already copyright, right? So don't copy me. Elegant <laughs> trap. <laughs> elegant trap. We gonna make a men off copy that. Copy written, so don't copy me. But um. Anyway, are you gonna continue? Or? You're at fifty-two. Are you straight? Okay, so let's continue. Oh no, I didn't mean that. Oh. <laughs> oh, so are you bowing out? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, it was great to have you, Ashley. Do you want? She came to in say, and snuck out, y'all. Say where you're at on the socials. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and that's about it. And what though? <laughs> I'm gonna say, and what though? Like you just did that totally with ghosts. Like yeah, follow me. Who the fuck is you? Right, you know why? Handsome complexion. Uh, hit me up on Instagram. Okay. Well, thanks for coming. Sure. Thanks for having me. It was fun. It was fun. Peace out, y'all. Right, don't be Come again, come again. All right, next time stay the whole show. Right. All right, see you later. I'll try to uh, do homework next time. Yes, please. Thanks. Hey, the whole homework. Right. You got to tell me what the topic is. I'm sorry. I did. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just play trap music and see if she just start twerking on Lindsay's shit. And then I'm going to tell her how elegant trap we supposed to be. All right, so we will take a little interlude. All right, and we are back, guys. Did you miss us? Yeah, so. (laughs) All right, so the next topic is what? Um. Let's talk about the Fresh Prince reunion. Okay, let's do that. So, a couple weeks ago, was it a couple? Maybe, maybe a little less. I don't know. But Fresh Prince got together and did their 30-year reunion. It was released to HBO Max exclusively. Um. Shout out to AC and T. I got that shit for free. That's what's up. Shout out to my mom, because I got that for free. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, everyone, including the first Aunt Viv, was in attendance. And except for um, James Avery, rest in peace. Um, He died December 31st, 2013. So, rest in peace to him. Um, Facts. Everybody. Rest in peace to Uncle Phil. Yeah. For real. 
everybody um seemed to get along and um um Janet Hubert, which is the first Aunt Viv, and Will Smith had a conversation, um, aired out their grievances, and pretty much had a come to Jesus moment at the end. So, uh, do you have any takeaways from the um, Fresh Prince reunion? I have no takeaways from the Fresh Prince reunion. Um, I thought it was actually good. I one thing I do hate that um um and and it's just me in my opinion is that um Will Smith is is one of those people that is uh he's so engulfed into being an actor that a lot of things that you see that him do, him doing nowadays uh, a lot of times you you think it's like unbelievable but it's actually just him just trying to better itself and um that was one thing that i i i hate to say that i took away from will but i did i it, it, i had to stop myself because i was looking at it like oh man he's just he, he's just doing it because he's trying to you know get ratings in and and uh boost up this reunion but then I had to realize about all the shit that, like, Will just actually, like, dumps out about his life. Um, I, and, and, and when I thought about that, I was just like, dang, I just have to stop uh, in myself being so typecast by him to think he's just so uh, stereotypical actor trying to make something... Um, uh, excuse me, trying to uh, trying to make something to show where he was just actually just being as humble as he could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and once I got past that, like I said, I don't, I, I can't hold nothing past the reunion. I thought the reunion was actually dope. Yeah. Um. I like how um. They was able to go back on set. They recreated the whole set. Um, I like the story that Will Smith told about how he got the part. Because even his um, co-stars didn't know how that came to fruition. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a pretty cool uh, story that he told. Now, I did know, but apparently a lot of people didn't know that at the time that Fresh Prince was handed to him, he was in debt. Yeah, I, re I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that too. He was like almost $3 million in debt. So that, especially with him not being an actor, that pretty much saved him. You know what I'm saying? So um, I like that. Um, I like how they told, how they, how it really wasn't, necessarily a coincidence them tackling issues in the community that we deal with um but putting it with fun, putting it with funny you know and putting it with entertainment but also getting a message across that that wasn't um by accident you know right. and i like that um they told how it was not a diverse writer's room at all, mm -hmm. but they was able to um, input 
when it came time to them um, going through the lines on set when they would block and stuff like that. And that would get that would be their time to be like, okay, black people don't say this, black people do this, black people do that, black people would never say this, you know what I'm saying? So I like that even though it wasn't a, a um, diverse writer's room, they were open to listening to the actors because normally when you're a writer or you, when you're a director, you just want the people that you employ to just do what they're told. You don't necessarily want no input, but they were open to it. So I, I appreciate that, which I'm I'm pretty sure that's what made the the show even that much more better. You know, so um, I appreciated the fact that Will Smith, even though he's the Will Smith now, he was able to humble himself enough, which I don't think he's the type of person that has a big head just off top, but he had to come down to even hear what Janet had to say and to recognize that, yes, it could be a successful reunion without her, but it should not occur without her. So I really appreciate that he did that. All right, Ken, um, all right, I'm, um, before I get to how, um, dope that was, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna really give a shout out and, and, and I'm gonna give, uh, her her flowers before she dies. Do y'all, did, did, I don't know if y'all really, I'm, I'm a, I'm a scumbag, y'all, like, <laughs> like, 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 let's, because I'm gonna get on some shit that y'all probably gonna be like, what? Listen. The first I'm Viv, did you see how stacked she is? Her legs are phenomenal. Her breasts are still phenomenal. This bitch is in her 60s. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. She's, like, gross. Whatever fucking, whatever fucking, uh, uh, I don't even know what to call what she had on. Um, the, the, uh, fucking. The blue dress? The the blue okay we'll call it a blue dress. It looked like something you put on fucking windows. Listen, <laughs> but even in that, even in that though, her titties was still bouncing and them legs was still fire. Oh my god, this lady is sixty plus. I was like, damn, I fuck, I'm Viv. The first I'm Viv for like the second I'm Viv. Oh my gosh, she aged very wrong. Yeah, she aged like a banana. Hillary aged very wrong. She, I I don't think she aged very wrong. She definitely aged, but I don't think it was that bad. As, as far as the being second Anvil, the second Anvil aged like a banana. Second I'm Viv is still like older. Like she ain't as old as the first I'm Viv no, though. She is. She's older. She's, She's older. In her 70s. I, She's in I her had 70s? to Google it. I had to Google it because I was just like, what the hell? She's in her 70s. She's in her early 70s. So she is older than the first Anvil. Still looks 
way terrible compared to first Aunt Viv. Yeah. First Aunt Viv looked like she still looked for niggas like me on a prowl. You hear me? But we will I will say this. Um the first Aunt Viv is a dancer. She is. She's a classically trained actress. You can tell by them legs she's a yeah. dancer. So them legs was phenomenal. That may play a part. She probably is still active, you know. So that may play a part in why she looks as great as she does. She looks fantastic. Yeah. I was like, damn, I'm their body still cold for yeah. real. Yeah. Her titties got a little, got a way lot bigger. Like, yeah. but they still perky ass titty. That's crazy. That bitch didn't have no bra on. <laughs> she didn't have no bra on. Them titties still perky, and she knew it. That's why she didn't wear no bra at sixty. Her titties still perky as fuck, b. Wow. That's for I, I told you I'm a scumbag. I'm watching it. If you watch the reunion right now, or you watch that red table talk, you're going to be like, damn, he ain't lying. Them titties perky as fuck, yeah. bitch. The last thing I was looking at was Aunt Viv's titties. Of course she was. Yeah. <laughs> was it, wasn't on my radar. But. They were on mine. <laughs> but Scumbag 100%. She, but, I mean, she did look amazing. A lot of people have been commenting on how great and how preserved she is. I'm telling you. Know? So, um, it was very entertaining. Um, there was a lot of insight, a lot of things. Because I was a big fan of the shows, a lot of things I did know. I bet you that pussy opened up like a pickle jar. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you open up that pickle jar and be like, hey, wow. I bet you that pussy opened up like a pickle jar, nigga. Wow. I just, I just, fuck, I just fucked Lizzie up. I just threw Lizzie way up. That is Auntie. That's Auntie Viv. Auntie. Auntie Viv pussy open up like a pickle jar. Oh that shit go like that. <laughs> that's how that shit open up. Wow. So now that we have concluded that portion of the reunion, <laughs> um, I just. I'm just grateful that we were able to see everyone come together. There was closure um, with the situation between um, Will and Janet Hubert. And they got the closure that they needed. Um, Will Smith went on to um, Red Table Talk. He took over Red Table Talk to discuss specifically the situation between him and Janet Hubert. And he um, sat down with a therapist who was actually there when him and Janet talked. And so in the Red Table Talk, they showed more of the conversation that he had with her. And um, in his conversation with the therapist, he realized a lot of things that he's done um, has stemmed from his childhood. And it was very insightful. It was very insightful for his situation and along with being insightful for anyone that was watching as well. Um, Just to realize how much your childhood affects your life and the decisions that you make. Because beknownst to him and unbeknownst to him, 
a lot of decisions that he made in with that situation with Jenny Hubert and just in life, period, all stem from his upbringing. And it was like a realization in his conversation. So I thought that was pretty cool for him to be open and vulnerable and willing to accept what she was telling him and willing to have that conversation film with that therapist. Do you have any thoughts in regards to that part? Yeah, I do. Um, Like I said, um, some things, because uh, of how uh, Will Smith's life is, you kind of um, look at it and you and, and, and you just and you just think a lot of things is all acting. Um, for me, I will say this: um, I get that he had a therapist. Um, I love that him and, and the first time Viv got to talking. Um, what I do want to say is uh, be, uh, past and beyond that. Uh, to a certain extent, I, I, I understood what uh, Will was going through. And if you haven't seen the interview, uh, excuse me, the Red Table Talk, um, Will explained a lot of things about his past. Uh, one thing about his past was his mother being abused. By his father. By his father. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a product of of, of my stepfather uh, abusing me and my mother. So I wanted to give I, I I wanted to give Will his flowers and and understand where he was coming from. Uh, with that, um, my thing was. Uh, to me, it was an excuse. And only reason why I say that is because if if you felt like you felt and you felt like you were seeking approval from number one on Viv, like you wanted her, you wanted her to think you were great. Um, you would have tried to do what she asked you to do. And that's just in my opinion. Um, because I am a child of abuse and I know how I did for my mother. I, I seen uh man treat my mother badly, and so I wanted to be the man that didn't treat her badly. So I basically always asked my mother what does she need? Because I wanted to be there for my mother. For you to shun her like you did. Like I, I'm not saying that um what he did wasn't uh wasn't justifiable or or wasn't um uh I guess um what what's the word I'm looking for uh I guess uh equal to what it is to be a child of abuse and watching uh and watching your mother getting abused or and seeking approval from that what I will say is it that 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 wasn't how I live so I, I couldn't relate to it I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I couldn't relate to it because I was like, shit. Uh, if you felt that way about Aunt Viv, because he was saying, you know, I just wanted her to think I was great. Mm-hmm. I, I I felt the same way about my mother. But the only way I could prove that I was great was to do everything that my mother asked me to do. 
not that's to, how you handled the situation. I, and, I, and that's why I said it was a different. Yeah, it's yeah, different. He handled the situation differently. Like the way that he tried to handle it is with laughter, because he said that if he were to entertain them and make them laugh, then his dad will be in a good mood to where he wouldn't feel the rage to want to beat on them. And I understand. I did the same thing. Yeah. So I understand that because I, I did the same shit. Yeah, so All he was they... looking for the approval of James, from James Avery and from Janet Hubert. He got it from James. He didn't get it from August. So he was trying harder and harder when he wasn't getting that from her. That's when he was just like, well, fuck you then. But if you and, and but and but this is the thing, and maybe it was different for me because it was my stepfather, mm-hmm. you know, because um I I watched the reunion twice and it's he gave James Avery the most praise for when he shot him down, but he shunned first Anviv for shooting him down and telling him he needed to you know what I'm saying do something else. So, my thing was, uh, like I said, maybe it's a difference between me because uh, it was a stepfather who was beating me, mm-hmm. and I didn't seek approval from any other man. Mm-hmm. I think he seeked more approval from James Avery mm-hmm. than he did um, first on Viv. Yeah. Because if he truly seeked um, approval from the uh, first time Viv, he would have like he would have helped her. He would have helped her. Yeah, you you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. He would have helped her. But I feel like when it came to that point when she needed his help, he was already at the point where he was turning his back on. He had been at that point because he never got what he needed out of her. But and, and but that's the thing that I don't understand as a I child think, of abuse. Yeah. You know what I'm I, saying? But it's I like, feel like he eventually got it from James, but never got it from Jenny. And 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 but that's the thing, as a child of abuse, I, I, I think that he was just more I think what he really doesn't want to say mm-hmm. because it'll make him look bad, especially in 2020, mm-hmm. is I didn't give a fuck about a woman's opinion. I, I was looking for my daddy's approval. Yeah. Which is possible because if it goes if he's if he's drawing the line back to his childhood, it was to entertain his, his dad. dad. Exactly. Yeah. It was to entertain his dad. Right. So he did all that. Like, cause I listened to it mm-hmm. and it was all, you know, he entertained his dad to make sure it was safe in the house. So right. he wanted a man's approval. Right. He didn't give a fuck about his mom's approval or I'm Viv's approval. He just wanted to make sure that they were, oh, they, they were fine. They were okay. Right. And so, if they buck the system of him being the person that makes it, you know what I'm saying, a pro- like a, a, a cool or all right in the house, that's when he was just like, I right, well, fuck you then, because I'm doing this for us. Yeah. Instead of asking them, like, how do you feel? What do you want? Like, right. that's the only thing, only reason why I say that is because, like I said, a lot of people can look at that and be like, oh, I never thought of it that way. But I grew up as a child of abuse mm-hmm. and I knew what it was to protect my mother. Yeah. So um, if you really wanted to 
if you really wanted to protect Aunt Viv, the first Aunt Viv, especially what she was going through, she was pregnant. And they gave her that bullshit ass contract, mm -hmm. and for you to say you thought it would, she wanted it to be on Viv of, of Bel Air, and like he yeah. point blank said he agreed with everything she said, yeah. which let us further know that it wasn't about her. Yeah, it, it like it it wasn't um her trying to do anything. That was just him being ignorant at the time and only seeking the man's approval. Yeah. Like he only wanted James Avery approval to me. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. He only wanted James Avery approval. And then even though he talks about how good she was, uh -huh. he didn't give a fuck about that back then. Right. Because you can and you can kind of tell with the way that they explain how things work. Everybody like interacted with one another except for her. She was going through a lot and it seemed like nobody ever pulled her to the side and was like, are you okay? Exactly. You know and, and, and and being a child of abuse, because he knew that being a child of abuse mm -hmm. and seeing his mother getting abused, he should have been the first one, in my opinion, but, to see, you know what I'm saying, to see what's going on with our vet. Yes. And I, and I can understand why you would think that now. Which is probably what he's thinking now as well. However, we're talking about a 21-year-old man that got the world basically handed to him at the time. And he's not correlating the two. He's probably not even thinking that he was in an abusive situation. Like, nobody probably ever pointed it out to him that that situation that he grew up in was abuse. You know what I'm saying? He just probably was, at that point, thinking it is what it is. He's not, he's not computing the two or anything like that. So, with that mindset... Of a 21 year old man in that circumstance, he just probably like, oh, Janet Hubert is a bitch. Oh, she don't fuck with us, so fuck her. She can go over there. We're gonna have fun over here. And Janet Hubert is like a Juilliard trained uh, dancer, actor, all that. Singing. She's like, this is some bullshit. She's the trifecta of greatness. Yes. And so she's like, she's not used to being on a set. With a bunch of bullshit. Which all they're doing is just joking around having fun. But she's used to professionalism. And on top of that, she's going through a lot of bullshit at home. So she's not, she's like, yeah, I'm not fooling with y'all. And plus, I mean, and then on top of that, because she ain't in the mind frame to be joking around and playing around and stuff like that. So she kept to herself. She didn't talk to anyone, which makes sense. Because when you're going through a lot, what you're going to do? Shut down. You know, you're not, it's not all jokes and, and games. You just want to come do your work, go home. And they weren't on that. They was on some we a family, we having fun, we doing all this type of stuff, and she's over there to the side. So of course they like, oh she a bitch. When it came time to where they needed to like rally together against NBC to try to get everybody good pay, good contracts and whatnot, they like, oh well, she's a Debbie Downer anyway. We don't want to fool with her no way. Uh next. No, we're not gonna help you. You know what I'm saying? So it it may in hindsight, looking back on it, it made total sense. But it's just so crazy because you can kind of tell that between the first Aunt Viv and the second Aunt Viv, like the first Aunt Viv really had a story, really brought character to that role. That it, it was a it it was um, a role that had depth to it. What the second Aunt Viv was just an accessory. You know what I'm saying? She probably had one storyline. 
the whole time. So she was very one dimensional. So it was like, it was like the whole narrative that Will Smith tried to put out there of they, she wanted to be Aunt Viv of Bel Air. And they was just basically like, with the second Aunt Viv, we're not going to make that same mistake. So we're going to make her very one dimensional. Because she was extremely an accessory. It was like, why do we even have an Aunt Viv? That's what I don't understand. Yeah. That's my thing. Um, so, I mean, like, hearing the stuff now and what, and remembering all the episodes and the in, in between the two and all that kind of stuff, it makes sense. It doesn't why, make sense to me, though. But it makes, like, if if he's the star of the show and he was really feeling like, oh, she want to be the star of the show. She wanted to be on Viva Belair. Of course, when they get a second one in, they're going to make her a character. They're going to make her an accessory. They're not going to make her have a real story, have real depth, have any type of flavor to her. She was a very, she was a very bland character once they, once the second idea came. It, it, and it yeah. was like, okay, we're not going to, build this character up to be that much so that we may have another problem with the second Aunt Viv that we had with the first one because again, nobody knew what she was going through you know what I'm saying so, I feel like that was completely on purpose how they dumbed that character down And now, yeah, I agree with that, that was completely on purpose, my yeah. thing is um to me, it was an excuse that he's made. Now, yeah. keeping it 100, I would have respected Will for saying this. Check this out. Um, shit. Uh, I Viv wanted to move in a certain uh, direction. You know how I was. Shit, I was bringing 20 niggas up to North San for Philly, bumping this shit, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing my line. Everybody knew I was counting words, and doing all this shit I was doing, but I was making fucking change, my nigga, and that bitch was trying to stop me from doing, and, and not calling her a bitch or anything, like, being on no extra, I'm just saying in the conversation, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, she was stopping me from doing that, and I didn't, you know what I'm saying, I didn't like that, so, you know what I'm saying, I went on and just, you know, said, hey, I talked to the, you know what I'm saying, the powers to be, the powers to be worked out a plan, she didn't want to follow by the plan, so she got X'd out. I would respect that more than him trying to downplay it like, oh, because I didn't know what she was going through. It's one of them things to say that, mm-hmm. but at that time, you didn't fucking care. Because, I mean... I feel like he said it in so many words, but I get why you're saying yeah, because it. it, it, it flat it, out said it. Yeah, because you didn't fucking care. Because it's, it's one thing to be like, I was just 21 years old mm-hmm. and I didn't know no better. Yeah. That's a cop out. Yeah. Just say you just didn't fucking care. Yeah. yeah. She would have respected that more. Yeah, and that's why I said like, he said that in so many words, but I get what you're saying. Sometimes you just need to flat out be, be like, you know what? I didn't give a shit. Yeah, you know, so because and that's the thing, he's been hiding that for years. He's been sneaking that for years because if he'd have said that to her in 1997, and she would have been able to give her her you know, hit uh, her spiel of what's going on and her with her in her life, mm-hmm. it would have been a whole different thing if he actually gave a fuck about uh, women being abused. Right. 
because, like, a case in point, I, I grew up like that, so I understand what that is. If I would have seen any inkling of it from her, the first thing I would have tried to do is protect her. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you can't you can't make that excuse if if you didn't try to help. If if, if you didn't try to help, you know, mm-hmm. you you can't make that excuse about you know, um, I didn't know when it's something you grew up with. You know, I I. One thing I do know about people like uh, 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 children that grew up in abuse, mm-hmm. oh, we're very alert about what's going on. We, that, that's one thing we get taught. We get taught to keep our shit on swivel. Yeah. Because we don't never know when shit can pop off. Yeah. So you can't make that excuse. Not for me. Okay. I'm not going to believe that, Will. I give you that. I give you that. So you just 100% just like... I don't think the nigga cared. <laughs> he just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And just say you just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you 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 knew what was you knew something was, you didn't know everything. Mm-hmm. Cause she flat out said she didn't tell everybody nothing. Yeah. So you didn't know everything, but you knew something. Right. Yeah. You knew something was going on, my nigga. It's a lot of times where I pull motherfuckers to the side that I give a fuck about and be like, man, what's going on? Because it just it's just something off. Yeah. And they let me know. And the only reason why I know that is because I've been taught to keep my head on the swivel when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Because I grew up in a, a, a in an abusive uh, a household. Yeah. So my head is always on the swivel about that. I don't. I I, I peep that. Yeah. If I if if I peep you flinch one time with your dude, I snatch you to the side like, hey man, everything cool? Because yeah. that's just what I was taught. Like, do I gotta slap this nigga? Because I do it right now in this house party. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But overall, with the reunion and with the red table talk, um, it was very, very entertaining, very insightful. Um, definitely a must watch. Oh, especially, yeah. especially if you're a fan. Even if you're not a fan, like or a casual fan, it's it's very it's very entertaining. For you to watch. Any final thoughts? No, not really. It's, it, it is very entertaining. You know, uh, it's insightful. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when it comes to the first time I did. When you, uh, I watched the Red Table Talk after the reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, baby Nikki uh, grew up to be such an ugly, oh, grown-ass man. man. <laughs> uh, and... You know, I ain't supposed to judge, man, but that bless, nigga's bless ugly as a motherfucker. Bless his heart. God damn he ugly. And you ain't the first one that said that. Like, Yeah, that nigga's ugly. Hey, I, 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 I ain't saying I'm the best looking nigga in the world, but I look better than baby nigga. <laughs> God damn. Bless his heart. That well, nigga's ugly. I'm glad everyone is alive and well. R.I.P. to... James Avery. Oh, I'm Peter Uncle Phil. Yeah. Um, For real. So let's move on. Um, next up is the <laughs> Tyson's versus Jones fight. <laughs> so, um, the highly anticipated exhibition fight happened this past Saturday, Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, what day was that? The twenty eighth. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they had three undercard fights, and um, the sponsor was Triller, the app Triller. That was the main sponsor. Um, I forgot who all was on the undercard fight, except for the one right before the fight, which was more entertaining than the fight itself. Um, was it though? I think it was more entertaining because because he got his bitch ass knocked out because of the internet. You know, the internet is undefeated. You know, you you go up against the internet, you will lose every time. Especially with black Twitter. Black Twitter has, they take no shorts, no losses. They have no chill. And we're going to get these jokes off. Period, point, and blank. That's a fact. We're definitely going to get these jokes off. That's a um, fact. The undercard right before was um, former basketball star, or former NBA star, um, Nate Robinson Nate. against Jake, Jake Paul, Paul, which is um, a big YouTube star. And well, let's let's not let, okay. Um, let's not say that he's a uh, he, you know what I'm saying, which well, is, his a, big is a big YouTube star. His brother is, yeah. And um, he spent years like let's not get this twisted. He spent years training. In boxing, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let, let let's put it because I don't want to, I don't want to uh, be that person that just shits on Nate right now. I know what I'm saying. I'm not trying to shit on Nate. I, I know you're not. <laughs> I know you're not. But um, it's a bunch of people that don't know who this nigga uh, uh, Jake Paul is. And they just assume he's just a YouTuber that got lucky. Well, no, I know he's been. I know he's been fighting him and Logan. They both have been fighting for a while. Yeah. Um, Nate Robinson. This was his first uh, professional fight. He comes from basketball. He, I think, he won the slam dunk contest he like did. three years in a row. Not three years though. Was it? I thought it was three years in a row. I don't think it was three years. I think it was back to back. I don't think it was yeah, three was years though. I can look yeah. it up though. I can make yeah. I can make sure we know well, the truth. He's a great uh a great slam dunker. We know that. A great slam dunker. <laughs> you sound so I don't know sports at all, ass nigga. He's a great slam dunker. I know. And I used to I heard that dog. it was a nigga I was fucking. He said he he used to slam dunk on nigga. I mean I didn't see it, but hey. But um, but yeah. So, <laughs> so they, I think they were supposed to go six rounds, mm-hmm. and they ended up doing three because he because Nate Robinson got knocked out, and boy did he fall, bless his heart. Um, they had about four commentators. One of them being the legend Sugar Ray Leonard. But they also had Snoop Dogg as a commentator. Which, whoever idea that was, give him a or her a raise. Because Snoop Dogg is the best at commentating. He needs to have a full-time job to commentate sports 
period. Like ESPN need to be on his line right now because he was amazing. Um, I think I think the out of the night he got the MVP. But um, yeah. So that was that was the undercard right before the uh, main event, which was an exhibition fight. Um, they weren't one of the rules was that they couldn't knock out, which a lot of the commentators was like, I don't see how you can prevent that. They did win them um, three times. Sorry, he, he, he did win. won three of them. I know what I'm talking about sometimes. So. What did you think about the uh, main event, Tyson versus Jones Jones? Um, I think I think it was. Oh, shoot! Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think that the powers that be made it a draw because Tyson, uh respectably um, uh, were trying to follow the rules that they gave him. Beat the dog shit out of Roy Jones. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. dog shit. You yeah. Hear me? Like, nigga, all that shit that y'all was watching at the end of the fight with this nigga Roy like holding, holding his body his the way he was. Yeah, hey. them body shots, dog. He I was, was like, he beat the real fuck out of this nigga Roy Jones. And the only reason why I say that is because I remember one time I seen a, a OG nigga fight another OG nigga. And it didn't look like uh, one of the OGs won. Like, because one OG was just giving him straight face shots. But this nigga was eating this shit. Like it was Sunday motherfucking dinner, you hear me? <laughs> and he was like beating the dog shit out this nigga's body. Now anybody else, and, and anybody watching this would have been like, oh shit, well you know OGA won because you know he had OGB leaking and shit. Uh, OGB the next day, face was fine, out and about chilling. Nigga, he 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 went and bought like twelve steaks, nigga. Like like for the for the niggas that he fucked with in the hood, he ordered a bunch of shit. Like we had a full ass barbecue. <laughs> OGA didn't come out the house for three days. Real shit. He didn't come out the house for three days, and when he finally came out, he flat out gave OGB his flowers. He said, "I ain't never got hit that hard in my motherfucking life." And I couldn't get up. He said, every time I stood up on my feet, I felt like I had to go take a shit. That's how hard that nigga hit him for three days straight. Mm, hit them he hit him in his body so hard, constantly, that every time OGA stood up out of the bed, he felt like he had to go take a shit. <laughs> he said he ain't never been hit that hard in his life. And he hopes to never get hit like that again. Right. That doesn't sound fun. But like, let the hood tell it. They like, oh yeah, OGA beat OGB ass. I'm telling you to your to the internet world, that ain't what happened. And that's what Mike was doing. When Mike, that whole time Mike was talking for these past three months saying, I, I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm back at it. I'm not gonna eat it. I, I'm just an animal, and I, I ain't just get that. And yeah, I just eat this, and I just go in there, and I want to tear up shit. This is what he was on. He really beat the shit out of me. <laughs> the thing was, he he uh, he tried to stay true to the rules and not hit Roy in the face. If he would have just been like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just do me." He would have knocked him out first round. First round, he would have killed him. Yeah. He would have destroyed Roy. Yeah. And Roy know that shit. Mm -hmm. All that bullshit trickery, chicken coop shit Roy was trying. Mike was really this like hunting him. Like if you watch those round, he was just hunting every time he seen an open space and he was tagging him every time. Yeah. Yeah, it was I I, I always knew Mike was gonna win. But I didn't want to not root for Roy. You can't either. count Roy out. Yeah, like we all know Roy is an awesome fighter, but this is Iron Mike we talking about. This is a motherfucker that was knocking motherfuckers out first round within 30 seconds. You know, that was his thing for a minute, you know? So... At guess, 18. Yeah. And then after he got his license back from biting Holyfield, that's what he was doing when he came back. He was just knocking motherfuckers out within the 30 seconds. You know, they didn't even get an opportunity to touch him. And on top of that, we just gotta we just gotta put a whole lot more respect on his name. Like he has not fought professionally for 15 years. 15 years. And he lost a hundred pounds for this fight. He did. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he's three years older than Jones. He's 54. Jones is 51. Jones ain't fought in three years three professionally. Years. And the I mean, godly, but respect to both of them for even super respect for even doing it and just getting back in the ring. Cause I'm sure when they bowed out, they was probably like, "Fuck this shit, I'm never going back." And they did it again, and that, and they want to go back. Roy just talking shit. Mike want to go Mike back. Mike want to go back. Roy ain't but... never fighting again. Yeah, <laughs> Roy okay, gonna be like, so... "Man, fuck what y'all talking about." So, who do you think Tyson should fight if he does another exhibition fight? If Jones ain't going to lose. James Tony? I have no idea who you think. I think if you, if, for Mike, if you're just going to go, because that was a, a, a display of power, um, like, dummy down. Mm -hmm. Mike wanted to hit him harder, and he just yeah. couldn't. Yeah. James Tony. Is a dude that hits hard as fuck. He he he's older now. He's fighting, picked up a lot more weight. He probably ain't gonna swing it like he used to when he was a fucking contender. Mm -hmm. But he still hits hard. That's the shit that Mike wants. Mike wants somebody to get him in the level that went uh, that he felt when he was 18, 19, 20 years old. That it, potentially, you know what I'm saying? If I'm slipping on my game. They could knock me out. Mm -hmm. You know, Mike didn't fight no fucking bullshit ass niggas. Mike yeah. fought motherfuckers who was contenders. Mm -hmm. You know, and 
So I think if if he's going to continue to do this, you got to go. You got to go, James Stone. I'm gonna have to Google who that is. <laughs> Google who he is. Watch his fight. You know, also, you know, he's trying to start that um, league. I guess is what you would call it, um, where people pretty much come out of retirement yeah. in their respective sports. And I think that's a pretty cool idea. You know, that's kind of what Ice Cube was doing with the Big Three, but that was specifically basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think I think that's a I think that's a pretty cool idea. So. You know, um, and then Mike can pull it off because yeah. Mike got way more revenue coming in. Right, right, right. That dispensary right. alone, they say it made what five hundred thousand every three days. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. So he, he make money hand over fist, yeah. my nigga. God damn. Yeah. So best best of luck to him. Um. So they also had French Montana with Khalifa. Um, uh, French Montana was with um Sway Lee. Wiz Khalifa, YG, and Snoop perform. So what did you think about the performances? I didn't watch any of those shits. You did? So I'm not even going to act like that. Wow. I, um, I didn't watch the uh, fights that night. Um, I happened to just... Uh, I, I watched them shits the next day. Um, uh, do uh, my dude's... Uh, he doesn't have a fire stick. He has uh, some little media box. Mm-hmm. So I watched the fights through the media box. I didn't. Okay. I went. I, I fast forwarded through all the other bullshit. I just wanted to see the fight. I want to see the fight. Okay. All right. Um, I watched it live, and the only one I didn't get to see was French Montana because we left. Um, made a run right quick. So everybody else, I enjoyed. I enjoyed all of it. I feel like Triller is on to something with this, you know, because one, we're in quarantine. We ain't, we're not going to concerts or anything like that. So we're not going to boxing matches either. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So Facts. I feel like putting them both together was a genius idea and then allowing it to be streamed and then, um, and they did not up the charge for, uh, average fight because like an average fight pre-covid was fifty dollars mm-hmm. and that's how much they charge so i felt like it was a genius idea all the performances were good you know um you know snoop always is entertaining he and it was like a twofer because little wayne was supposed to perform but he backed out at the last minute so we got snoop commentating and performing so that was dope um he backed out because he went to his daughter's birthday party. Yeah. So well, I mean, it's a good reason. It's a but legit reason. It's a legit reason. However, your daughter's birthday has been the same day for twenty two years. Why would you sign on to do this when you know your daughter's birthday coming? And they had a they threw a big party, so I know it wasn't last minute. Like that's the part I didn't understand. But whatever. We got still <laughs> You know, whatever. We got Snoop, so we digress. All right, so I feel like that was a um, it was a very entertaining Saturday evening. Uh, next up, <laughs> so initially we were gonna talk about Outcast and the twentieth anniversary of Stankonia. Stankonia. 
that was um, pre-planned prior to the comments that Young Thug made in regards right. to Andre 3000. Right. So, we're just going to talk about them both. <laughs> um, Young Thug went on T.I.'s uh, podcast expeditiously and made some comments that us as the black community or us as the music lover community just can't rock with. Me as being the spokesperson and the delegate of bullshit niggas. That nigga was lying. Oh, he's 100% lying. Okay, so the the thing is that he went on to the podcast and he said that he cannot sing two Andre 3000 songs and that he just ain't really that much of a fan. However, however, People were pissed about it. They even had um, Andre 3000 tr- trending on Twitter because we was all in an uproar in regards to these ridiculous comments that Young Thug made. And people pulled receipts of Young Thug in a jacket at one of them years Hip Hop Awards. I want to say it was 2016, where on the back of his jacket, it said something about Andre 3000. I forgot exactly what it said, but... It said something about Andre 3000 on the back of his jacket. So you know who he is and you're a fan. And on top of that, you're from Atlanta. Like, you're from Stankonia. What the hell? You're from, you're an AT alien. Like, what the hell? And you're a rapper. How do you come up in the rap game behind legends that are outcasts and you can't sing two Andre 3000 songs? Like, it just clearly doesn't make sense to me why you feel like that was appropriate to say. Even if it's true, don't say it out loud. It's not true, though. But even if it was true, don't say it out loud. You sound ridiculous saying some ignorant shit like that. So, yeah. Huh. What are your thoughts? Young Thug, my guy, my nigga. Uh, Young Thug is a a, a very um, talented rapper. Young Thug uh, is a up and coming entrepreneur. Um, Young Thug is a pretty good producer. Uh, Young Thug is a habitual liar. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it, I just can't look past it. Like, I, I swear to God, I swear to God, I, I, I don't. Oh, I swear to nigga, for you to be from Atlanta and say you never heard of bombs over Baghdad is an insult to anybody in Atlanta. For you being from Atlanta and say you never heard of Hey Y'all is an insult to Atlanta. For you to be from Atlanta and say you never heard of okay. Southern player listed Cadillac yes. music, yes. funky music, is an insult to Atlanta. Don't you don't have to do that. Because even if you said I didn't like those niggas. Which you, that's a lie. You know, you could have just said that 
and I would have had way more respect for you than say I've never heard of them. I never, I never listened to any of their music. Yes, you did. Your mother cleaned house to their music. Nigga, no they way. had for for before we really start going to back into the soul music, where you know, like a lot of soulful artists, uh, like the Temptations and all that. And our generation, my generation, before we start doing that, Outkast had a Christmas song that we bumped. Ooh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Like, don't do that, my nigga. Don't. My mama know that Christmas song. My mama's a Jehovah Witness. (laughs) But this is the thing, like, you... Or a descendant of Andre 3000. Like, if Andre 3000 did not come out the way that he did and transform the way that we looked at rappers and their swag and whatnot, and he was not able... If he he wasn't able to come out that way, you would not be able to get out here and wear dresses and purses and stuff like that the way that you do. You know what I'm saying? Because we was not necessarily here for that stuff until Andre 3000 just went on and put that shit out there and rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, we saw the shit with the um, Parliament, you know, and Sly and the Family Stone. They, they was dressing abstract and stuff like that. But Andre 3000 brought that to rap. And if it wasn't for him to do that, you wouldn't be able to do what you do. So you are just you are direct descendant of him. So the fact that you're gonna sit up there and say that you can't sing two Andre 3000 songs, what type of response did you think that you was going to get by saying something ridiculously asinine as that? Like I wouldn't even, like, why did you even say that? Like, oh my God. Like, I guess there's no such thing as black publicity, so maybe that's why you said it. But that was just ridiculous. So, to move on. So, to give, uh, like, as you say, to give them their flowers while they're still alive. Going back to Stank Anya, 20, it's been 20 years since Stank Anya. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite song off Stankonia? Oh, can I see the playlist? Sure. So let's read this off. So we have the intro, Gasoline Dreams, I'm Cool, So Fresh, So Clean, Miss Jackson, Snapping and Trapping, um, DF. The DF interlude is funny as fuck. Yeah. Uh, Spaghetti Junction, Kim and Cookie, I Call Before I Come, D.O.B., Explosion, Good Hair, We Love These Hoes, Humble Mumble, Drinking Again, Question Mark, Red Velvet, Cruising in the ATL, Gangsta Shit, Toilet Tisha. Toilet Tisha was hard. Yeah. Um, Slum Beautiful, Prenup, and Stankonia Stank Love. Oh, oh! Let's just start off by the fact that 
this album was so abstract when it first came out. It was something that nobody had heard. Let's talk about how beautiful the whole album is in a whole. Yes, it flows very nicely together. Oh my god. And I just love how they as as a as a collective the Dungeon family is just like awesome just as a collective. Okay. Oh shit, but this is so hard. Specifically Outcast. Them two together is like a match made in heaven. You know, they they complement each other very well. That's so it, it's so but hard to It is. It is. Okay, okay. So I got to pick just one. Um, you don't have to pick just one. Um, I know initially back when the album first came out, it was I called before I come from them. You were a tip off the fucking over. Because <laughs> if you said I had to pick one, I yeah. would have had to pick I call before I come. Yeah, yeah. It because that's just so that's just so real life. It was yes, you know, and it's like literally. It's so melodic. The, the 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 line is so <laughs> yeah. melodic. The beat is so melodic. It's almost like if 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 you cut if 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 you cut the chorus out and just listen mm-hmm. to like the beat of it. Yeah. I come before I, I come. The the beat is so yeah. melodic. You you cannot hate right. that. Right. And I just I just love the chorus because the chorus is so true. Like don't pop over at my motherfucking house. Don't. Yes. Call before you come. But I love how they like, I call before I come. Mm-hmm. I won't just pop a bubble out the blue. Ooh, hey. I hope that you do too. Hey, yeah. listen. So, yeah, it, 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 I, okay, okay. So, we agree if yeah. we just had to go with one. Yeah. It would be, okay, okay. So, that would be number 10. Um, The next one. Uh, I would say we love these hoes. We love these hoes was good. Yeah, I like we love these hoes, and because I like we love these hoes, that's what made me like humble mumble. Humble mumble. <laughs> humble mumble. Because, yeah, okay, yeah, because okay, humble okay. mumble comes on right after. Yeah. So if you're not quick to try to skip or play it again, then it'll play. Humble mumble. Humble yeah. Mumble is cool. So that's what made me like humble mumble. Um. What else? Thank love is. I was about to say my second is thank love. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's just it's just something yeah. about that being the last song, mm-hmm. but that being such a dope ass yeah. song. And have you ever listened to that song with somebody that got some beat in their car? Yeah. Hey, what the fuck? Yes. The way that you, the hey. way that it makes you feel, literally, that beat makes you feel amazing. Because back when that album came out, I had beat in my car, so I used to play it extremely loud and just let just let me let myself get engulfed in the beat. Shout out! Uh, shout out to my cousin Weedy. Uh, my cousin Weedy is a big boy fan, and like uh, before everybody used to talk about their top five, my cousin Weedy used to say Big Boy was one of the best rappers he ever heard, mm-hmm. and he used to slap everything Outkast ever fucking yeah. 
popped. I'm talking about when I say everything, I mean every motherfucking thing from the Dungeon Family shit to the fucking Christmas song to every fucking album they ever had. Like, the Love Below did not get played in his fucking car. You know what got played? <laughs> Speaker, Speaker Box. <laughs> On full blast every that. day. And I, I ain't that. even mad at him because mm. him single-handedly always bumping Speaker Box made me realize that uh, uh, Big Boy was actually a real dope-ass lyricist. Yeah. I've always I've always appreciated Big Boy and I used to low key get annoyed that people weren't giving Big Boy his flowers. Because we, yes, we know we know three sex is amazing. But let's not sleep and let's not sneeze at Big Boy. Like Big Boy is You can't sleep awesome. on him. But I ain't even gonna lie. It took me it, it, it really did take speaker box for me to realize that like Cause I knew he was good, mm-hmm. but Speaker Box let me know that like he is legitimately at that time mm-hmm. one of the illest MCs out there. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah, like lyric wise, Speaker Box, Big yeah. Boy was amazing. Like yeah. he was really untouched. Like a lot of people sleep on him because of the beats he chose. Mm-hmm. And because Andre is just so abstract that you're going to gravitate to him before you gravitate to Big Boy. So I get it, but it's just, it just used to be low-key annoying because honestly, Speaker Box a level low, I gravitated towards Speaker Box more at first. When I first got the album, listened to it all the way through, when I was time to play it back, I played back Speaker Box before I went and played back the level low. I love them both, but that's what I that's what I did, you know, because I I really do like Big Boy, and I and like I said, I used to get low key annoyed when people weren't giving him his flowers or his just due, you know. So I ain't gonna, um, I, 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 I want to say I did collective. that, but I'm lying because yeah. I was such a weird ass nerd nigga that love below shit hit me in my fucking corner so oh, yeah. so hard. I all I did was bump that shit. The Love Below huh. is amazing. Oh, you know, but when we, I heard... We're not talking about Love Below. <laughs> when, when I heard certain shit from the speaker box, yeah. it was dope. But this certain shit from the Love Below, like, she lives in my lap. Yeah. Huh. I used to play that so much, my mama thought it was something wrong. My mama was like, yeah, who hurt you? Who yeah. hurt you? And I'm like, it's just my favorite fucking song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like real shit. It was, that was your favorite song off the love That life. was my favorite <laughs> fucking song. I, to this day, I know that song word for word. And it come on. I love Rosario Dawson for 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 being on that shit. Like everything about that song to me was fucking dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good one. I never forget, man. I was I was going to job corps at the time when 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 the love below came out. I played She Lives in My Lap every fucking day. My nigga Marvin Shepard would tell you this shit. He'd be like, man, that nigga never took that CD out. This is how old this was. I, I, I listened to CDs back then, my nigga. Yeah, I had the CDs. Marvin Shepard, my roommate, be like, man, listen. 
We listen to everything. Everything you can think of, from rock music to Theist Nation. Mm-hmm. But when it was just me and my vibe, he the knew what song I was playing. Yeah. And he knew that song was going to be played at least four times. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean... Forever my Beyonce. That's what makes this whole Young Thug situation even more irritating because those are classic albums, you know what I'm saying? And, um... And you're from Atlanta, like, damn. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, but anyway, I digress. Um, Stank on you. Happy 20th anniversary to you. You know? Y'all deserve it. Yeah, and Stank, man, listen. Everything about Stank on you was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. From the interludes to everything, you know, you have your opinions about the songs and every last one of them was on point. That's one thing about Outkast was they were so different from your norm because they were two niggas that knew each other but were so different. Mm Mm-hmm. And they learned how to make that gel. Mm-hmm. That's what make Outkast one of the best groups that ever came out of any fucking genre of music. Yeah. You know, as a band. Right. You know, uh, because they were actually able to gel and be different at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's what made them excel from where they is now. Like, uh, I remember watching one documentary when they said, um, the love below us uh and and speaker box uh let the world know that andre 3000 was a great producer mm. but it also let the world know that big boy was a great lyricist like real shit like um we look at it we look at it as a total opposite we look at it like oh my god Andre shit was hitting it. He was just hitting everything. Uh, his his lyricism was this and that. We're looking at it like that. Um, but people that really, really listen to rap music, they'll tell you it, it solidified. I, uh, Andre 3000 is a great producer because he produced everything on that album. And it, and it solidified Big Boy as a great lyricist because not only he was already known as a great producer. Like, let's not get this twisted. Before this, he was before the love below, and before speaker box. Andre, uh, I mean, excuse me, Big Boy was already producing the shit out of their music. Mm-hmm. He was doing a lot of the production. He became a fucking lyricist with speaker box. That the world known starting recognizing him as a real life lyricist. And if you go back to speaker box and listen to it now, you would know what the world was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was phenomenal on that shit. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely was. He definitely was. Um, just Outcast period is just amazing. They've been amazing since Southern Playlist to Cadillac Music. And they were amazing all the way up until Speaker Box a lot below. And they're amazing apart and they're amazing together and they're just amazing, period. And they should do another album. And they should do another album and another tour. And I would greatly appreciate it, but we'll I see really you there. Feel like you didn't have to make. 
And shout out to Andre 3000 for making a lot of great business moves to say, mm-hmm. I don't have to make music anymore. Right. Neither one of them, you know. Hey, hey, Big Boy still does. He still does. We don't have to. He does. And, and that's why it doesn't really get any right. Because he doesn't have. It's not the love. It, it, and I, I ain't saying he doesn't love to make music anymore, but it ain't the same feel. And he knows that. Yeah. That's why he doesn't really trip off of you know, trying to get a major deal with what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, last thing that we're going to talk about is we're going to go ahead and run into the section that we like to uh, call Dissecting the Songs. I don't know if we're going to stick with that name, but that's what we're going to call it today. Um... The song. I'm just call it the fucked up song of the week. Oh, that too. <laughs> so the song that we're going to talk about this episode is a song by the weekend that was on his EP he put out in 2018 called "My Dear Melancholy," mm-hmm. and the song is called "I Was Never There." Um, if you never heard the song before, you may have heard this song sampled in another song because it was on Meek Mill's album Champions. That last song on that album. Uh what was the last song on that album? Let me see. Uh Cold Hearted Two. They sampled uh I wish they sampled the beginning of that song. They sampled the end of it. The end of it. Uh I'll play it. That, uh, uh, yeah, okay. This is, this is cold hearted. Yeah. So, I'll play a little snippet of the song, and you guys can go listen to the song on your own. But it's a dope song. I played a song on repeat. Like, I don't know what that says about me, but that's what I That's do. what I was talking about. I, I was really about to be like, you know, hey man, what are you really going to do about? He should have went full Texas when he did that. This is the better part of this one.
the rest of my life. Okay, so. Oh, shit. So, what were your first thoughts when I sent you this song? Well, um, I never heard the song until you sent it to me. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Yeah. Um, so, I said, okay, let me listen to this song. And so, um, you really do, it's, it's one of them songs where you really have to uh, listen to it. Mm-hmm. To like get the gist of it, because when I first was listening to it, I was just I, I was listening to the beginning of it, and I'm listening to certain things he was saying, but I really wasn't feeling it. I was like, I, I mean, not feeling it like that because I thought it was a dope song, mm-hmm. because of the the, uh, the beginning of it just made me listen to it. Yeah. Um. When I pulled up the lyrics. Uh, it, it 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 it's one of them things. Like I start, I start thinking about um <laughs> when I was a young kid uh uh going to the Kingdom Hall with my mother and and the uh, um the brother that was preaching would say uh you know really pay attention to the songs you listen to because those the 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 beat of a song will beat you to death. I was so so caught up to listening That's to the, a bar. Yeah. I was so caught up in listening to the beat that I wasn't listening to the lyrics and when I read the lyrics I was like, "Oh shit. This nigga's going through some shit." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I start really relating to what the fuck he was saying like, "Yeah. Huh. I yeah. felt that too." Yeah, I've I've been with a to- I've been in a toxic relationship, my nigga. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. this shit is hard. You give yeah, you 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 do too much. Yeah, you give you all there, like, and then you and you realize that it's toxic, mm-hmm. but you and, and but you almost uh I guess typecast yourself in. This is what I'm used to, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this song is uh, really fucked up. <laughs> yes, the, I told y'all the fucked up song for the week. Yeah, so let's go through let's go through the um the um lyrics. So the first verse is, "What makes a grown man wanna cry, 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 cry? What makes him wanna take his life? Yeah, his happiness is never real." Real, 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 real. (laughs) (laughs) And mindless sex is how he feels. Oh, he heals. Thoughts? I mean, I don't know what... uh, It's one of them things. I don't know what you want me to say. Uh... Uh, for real, it it, it really does... As far as a a man's perspective on that... Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I I I feel like it came from a depressed moment, and when you're in a depressed moment, especially about a relationship, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah, mindless sex, uh, this 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 full blown 
on I don't give a fuck about who this person is. Sex really does it, it, it really does heal. It takes it's like um I remember my my nasty aunties used to be like the only way to get over a man is to get under another one. Mm-hmm. But the same rules apply to a man too. The only mm-hmm. way to get over a woman is to get under another one. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I you know what I'm saying. It, it's just one of them that I, I I understood everything he was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like he doesn't necessarily want to feel what he's going through. So yeah, he's just not. He's just refusing. And he's just gonna go fuck a bunch of people that he don't care about because that's how because he wants to feel better physically. Yes. You know. So, yeah. So the course is when it's time. When it's time. When it's time. (laughs) It It won't won't matter. matter. (laughs) It don't matter. It don't matter. Matter. When it's time, when it's time, when, when it's, it's time, 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 it's time, babe. It won't matter. It won't matter, babe. It won't matter. Yeah. It was like he was never there. It was like he was never there. It was like he was gone in thin air. Oh, when it's time, when it's time, when it's time. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it won't matter. It won't matter, baby. It won't matter. It won't matter. And then the post course, you know, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> so then they have the interlude, and I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> so then we get to the bridge. Oh, now I know what love is, and I know it ain't you for sure. You rather something toxic. So, I poison myself again and again till I feel nothing in my soul. I'm on the edge of something breaking. I feel my mind is slowly fading. If I keep going, I won't make it. If I keep going, I won't make it. And it's all because of you. 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 Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Don't. Don't you, baby? Hey, it won't matter, baby. Don't you know? Don't you know? Oh, no. Don't you know? <laughs> Don't you know? Don't you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. This song hurts. It, it really hurts. He said... you'd rather something toxic so I'll poison myself again and again till I feel nothing in my soul that shit hurts yeah that's a terrible fucking feeling man yeah yeah I, I try to be I try to be what you need, but you want something fucked up. So I'm gonna be fucked up. I mean that's just, it, it, but as I listen to it, it's not it's not teaching her a lesson. He's just self sabotaging. Yeah. Like the yeah. whole song is about self sabotage. Right. 
because of what's been done to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I looked at it. Like, you know, when it's all said and done, it's um, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. You know, so because he was hurt by somebody, like, um, for the remainder, he felt like that was the way to get back at her. It's to, you know, hurt other bitches. Yeah. You know, and it's because of you. Yeah. You know. Like, this is this is all your fault. Yeah. So, when she comes to it, like, damn it. Nigga, did you, you do that to Pam? Yeah, bitch, I did. <laughs> did you think about Pam when you did that shit to me? Right. Like, that's the shit, right. you know what I'm saying? That's the shit he was on. Yeah. Which I understand, because every nigga that been there. Mm-hmm. It's just like certain niggas handle it different ways. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, when it's all said and done, all jokes aside, every nigga at one point in his life, one, just one, some of you niggas like, y'all carry it on, but every nigga at one point of his life had a tender dick moment. Um, define tender dick moment. Uh, tender dick means uh, uh, well, a tender, tender. a tender dick moment (laughs) means that uh, you 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 really go super soft, and uh, when it comes to a woman, like you know, you do some shit that's regrettable or some shit that you know that ain't even in your caliber. Uh, you know, you, you have that mo- it, it, either for the good or the bad, you know. Some tender dick moments will be a nigga trying to square off on a nigga he know he shouldn't for a bitch. Another tender dick moment will be a nigga, cr- you know what I'm saying, crying over a bitch knowing that that bitch wasn't his. Another tender dick moment would be uh, a nigga hurting another bitch because of some shit that he felt from another bitch. You know, like everybody, every nigga's been through a tender dick moment. It's you, it's you bird ass niggas that continue to have tender dick moments. Cause you only supposed to have them once before you snap into reality. Like, you know what? No, that ain't, that ain't real. If you continue to have tender dick moments, my nigga, if you can tender, if you forever is a tender dick nigga, I don't have no words for you because. That's just something you ain't supposed to get to. If you one of them niggas that for everything, I always got to fight to prove my love. Nigga, it's you. You're dating whores. And you should back up. You should back up and reevaluate your life, my nigga. It ain't them bitches because them bitches going to do them. They've been the same way. You just think you can change one of them hoes and it's not happening. Stop having a tender dick moment. Stop being a tender dick and move on. I thought they all were tender. No. No. No, 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 no. Look, you, you, look, hold on, nasty. <laughs> you are nasty, man. I'm telling mama, you are nasty. I thought they all were tender. What the fuck type of shit was that? Hey. They all tend to around me. <laughs> hey, what the fuck? That's the gross ass shit you want. Tender dick. Tender dick. What was that song? 
tender love. <laughs> love so tender. You so you boozy as fuck. Tender love. Hey. Oh no. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> So, all right, disclaimer. <laughs> she lightweight dogged the shit out of a lot of you niggas. No, I have not. I've been the, she did. Oh she said, I thought our love was tender. <laughs> Basically, she said, a lot of you niggas she fucked with was soft as fuck. <laughs> oh my God, she yeah, shit out of you niggas. I'm talking about the actual, you know what? You know what? No, no, no. Let's go there, Doctor Rue. You talking about the actual what? I don't know. I was talking about the actual dick. I thought it was. Right. I, I, I think they all were tender. No, because if you hit somebody there, they're gonna be like, "Oh, oh my god, No, no. When we say tender dick, we mean them niggas that sucker for love. That's like why I asked the minute the they dip into the vagina, they feel like that vagina is theirs, and they get they stay claimed. It ain't like that, man. That's why I needed the definition. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we ain't all tender dick. Like, yeah, if you slap <laughs> us in the dick, yeah, we gonna feel it. But that ain't that ain't got nothing to do with tender, tender dick. Has something to do with you think because you fucked, you can you know what I'm saying you can lay rules down or, or 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 you can dictate what's going on in this bitch life or in your life when it comes to that bitch. You being super tender dick right now. You can't. Because I know some bitches that'll fuck you and then act like they don't know you in front of your mama's house. You hear me? <laughs> They'll be like, what? Nigga, who? Yeah. So you just gonna forget what we did? What did we do? <laughs> I didn't even have to say it. I don't know you, I didn't even have to say it. So, I don't know you. So get out your feelings and stop. Those niggas that be tripping off that shit. Them them type of niggas that be like, no, nah, I don't fuck with that bitch. That bitch is slut. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, she not. <laughs> she just stop fucking with you. Yeah. Like, Whatever you want me to be, I'll be that. But what we not going to do is that. You, you just, you had tender dick, man. Women know tender dick. I had one instance when I was a tender dick. And you know what happened? I had a bitch that I, you know what I'm saying, that I ended up fucking with. And she was like, stop being on that hell ass shit. Because that ain't you. And I changed up real shit. I was like, damn, you know what? You sure all right. She was like, yeah, that just looks soft on you. That ain't what I remember you as being. I was tender dick. I'm like, why she don't love me? Why Why can't we still be a family? And I had to fuck. I was fucking another bitch with that, that was like, nigga, why are you doing all that shit for that bitch? Like, why? You over here getting pussy anytime you want. Why are you chipping off that bitch? And I said, damn, you sure all right. I had one tender dick moment and I changed my life after that shit. <laughs> changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't shit for real though. For real. Because once you get enlightened that you being a tender dick nigga, you got to switch up. If you don't switch up, that's just something that's in you for real. She seen that it wasn't me. And then I had to see that, nah, that ain't just, that ain't naturally how I act. 
So, you know, I you know what I'm saying, I switched up, but a lot of you niggas are still being tended dick because a lot of y'all just burnt with that 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 guy gives that giving curse of being a tender dick nigga. Nah, see, I, I was just doing it off mental emotions. I wasn't doing it off of physically who I was. When I realized that physically that wasn't what I was, I was never a tender dick nigga again. To this day, my girl be like, you too hard. Why do you got to do this? And I love my girl to death. But I bet you I'm going to be a tender dick nigga fire. She be like, I'm going to just, I'm going to go and move or I'm going to, or I'm dating this nigga. I'm going to be like. Because I ain't going to do nothing but shit. Take a shower and jack off in the tub. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, either, 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 any given way, I'm going to still have to learn to be mm. me and adapt past you. That's what it all, and that's, that's the whole thing in a nutshell. A tender dick nigga doesn't know how to move past you. So, would you think that the person in this song is is having a tender dick moment. Yes. Okay. He was at, at first, and but that that tender dick moment became depression. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that tender dick moment. Uh, so that, is there a fine line between the two? Uh, it, it's um no, it's a thin line between the two, because you what can't. Said? You said a fine line. Okay. You know, because you can find yourself in a tender dick moment and get very very depressed and start self. And uh, uh, stop uh, knowing the self awareness of you. You you can become very uh, I guess uh, insecure. Being mm-hmm. being a tender dick nigga, like a tender dick nigga, can make you very insecure and then can bring depression. And I think that's what happened in in, in that song because she made him a tender dick nigga. He became very insecure about himself, yeah. and then he started spewing that into other people. Yeah. You know, or uh, other relate uh, or or bitches he was fucking. Yeah, yeah, and he was self medicating and all that, just on a road of self destruction, all because of this raggedy bitch. We all done been there. Sometimes they don't even be raggedy bitches. They just don't be the bitch for you. I ain't saying that in my my uh, my case. I don't you know, but that's a whole another genre. What I'm saying is sometimes. She don't be a raggedy bitch. She's just not the bitch for you. She a raggedy bitch for him. Yeah, she was a raggedy bitch for him. Or she just wasn't in his caliber or she or he wasn't in her caliber. And it it it, it, it made him depressed. He it, she made she brought his insecurities out basically. And his insecurities spewed onto different relationships because of her. Sometimes you 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 gotta you gotta go with what's in your league, bro. If you look at yourself and be like, "Damn, she out of my league, my nigga," mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you probably don't want to you know swing that bat right there, man. Because yeah. that one time you might hit a home run, the next time you just you just catching fly balls. You just trying to you just trying to stay on her surface. You you ain't Babe Ruth. You ain't knocking that out the park all the time. So, you know, you, you got to be aware of that, you know, or you might, you know, turn into a tender dick ass nigga. And some of them tender dick ass niggas shoot the club up. It, you know, it's one of them things. It'd it be some tender dick ass niggas. You could be like that nigga soft. He ain't going to do nothing. And then it'd be that one tender dick ass nigga that just shoot up bobs. And you'd be like, fuck, what the fuck? Because that's, that's just the mood he was in. So, you know. 
be we aware didn't. of your tender dickness and also keep your head on the swivel when it comes to other niggas tender dickness. It's like, because if a bitch tell you, you know, uh, she got a dude and every time she talks to you is only when she's at work, you probably need to stop talking to that bitch. Because <laughs> if that nigga get wind and she's talking to somebody else, he's going to air your shit out. <laughs> and he ain't probably ain't going to come to you as a man, but he's going to shoot the shit out your house. <laughs> so hopefully you still don't stay with your mama because you don't want your mama dumping, falling over, you know what I'm saying, furniture over bullets and shit from a bitch you ain't fucked yet. That would suck. That definitely would suck. Those are just case scenarios I I, yeah. I, 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 didn't seen in my life. My mama ain't never had to jump over no bullet for no, you know what I'm saying, for no bitch. I, I was trying to fuck, and that nigga was tender dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mama did have to check a bitch, though, because a nigga was tender dick, and you know what I'm saying, had his bitch try to confront me by talking to my mama. That's a whole nother story. Ooh. And my mama checked the shit out of that bitch and called me like, don't you ever have these hoes fucked up like that? Oh, wow. That's a whole different yeah. <laughs> scenario for real, though. We need, we need to table that Yeah, we can get that on that. story. Yeah, we can definitely <laughs> talk about it. That shit was massively crazy. I should have my mama get on the show and talk about that shit. That shit was crazy that bitch came to my mama. Yeah. Yeah. The nerve. The nerve. The nerve. You know the only thing my mama told her, real shit. My I can call my mama right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna put mama on the show and I'm gonna call her on the show. Don't you know what my mama told her? What? Was it good? She oh, said wow. yes, ma'am. <laughs> she said get off my phone. I call my mama right now. <laughs> my mama straight up asked you like you doing all this. You got this dude trip. Was it good? <laughs> yes, ma'am. It was good. Get off my phone. Don't, right. don't call. Me. Don't call me because my son gave you some good dick in your or your dude, man. Right. Just the nerve. The know. nerve of you calling me. Right. Because my son me, gave man. you good dick and your dude mad about it. Right. And you want me to do what, man? She she wanted my mama to speak some sense into me to make me start talking to her. So she can leave her dude. Real shit. My mama oh, tell you the whole wow. shit. The, that's when you ain't got no more options. You like, fuck it. Let me call this nigga mama. Let me call this nigga mama. <laughs> wow. So, on that note, <clears throat> this does conclude another episode of the Ish We Talk. Um, Having final thoughts. Jerry's final thoughts. Jerry's final thoughts. Um, this ain't got nothing to do with you know the tender dick shit. We you know what I'm saying. We were just talking about. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm a, I'm gonna um, say my uh, my final thought is this. Uh, we, we we've all went through this uh, past election. We, we we seen what happened. We uh, at the end of the day we know that. Uh, uh, President Biden and, and Vice President Harris is the ones that's going to um, eventually take over in 2021. I want everybody, uh, Republican or Democrat, 
to understand that it doesn't stop with them. Uh, we have uh, people in the Senate. We have uh, uh, we have uh, people in, in in our city, people in in in, in the chambers of government that uh, still need uh, the votes that need to you know what I'm saying that that we actually uh, do have a a real good party. I want y'all to focus on that. And if y'all really do want change, like you know what I'm saying, like everybody talks from Democrat to Republic. Uh, let's make it happen, and and let's do it on a um a equal playing field, and a, excuse me, a, a playing field where we can both see each other's differences and in 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 each other's um uh I guess uh oh willingness to the to to make it work. You know, because at the end of the day, uh, that's what we need. We uh. We need equality before we need uh, the separation. Uh, black, white, brown, purple, whatever you want to be. Uh, and, and America today, we're so fucked up with racism. And everybody trying to class each other, uh, 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 one up each other as far as class. Uh, we need equality on something. So let's not try, well, well, let, let, why not try to make it happen with our government? And that'll only happen if we do it together. So that'll be my final thought because I know everybody had their own reserves about everything that's been going on for these uh, past couple months or these past four years. Uh, we have a, a, a chance to actually set a different change in a different climate as far as <laughs> Democrats and Republicans. And my whole spiel, you know, uh, I'm not a Democrat nor a Republican. And I, I tell everybody, if, if we want to make a difference, we're supposed to burn that bitch down. But if we're not going to make that happen, let's Democrats and Republicans, let's let's get to an understanding where we can actually build the change that we both want. Because it can actually happen. We just got to stop smelling the noise in our own asses and trying to say that we're better than uh, uh, the other party. Because that's what the fuck it's about. And I don't understand we got so many fucking different lanes of everybody when it comes to gender and just race. How is it only two departments of a government that's trying to tell you what to do? So because it's that, we need to learn how to uh, assimilate into that and make it work for all of us. So in these next four years, Let's not try to dwell on whatever the fuck Biden did in the past or Miss Harris did in the past because that's the president and, and Madam Vice President. Uh, let's work on their cabinet, uh, the people that's under them, and let's try to make it work for our benefit, y'all. That's it. That's all. That's, that's, that's how we're all going to be able to grow past it. Very well said. I have nothing to add to it. Because we'll see you guys next week. Feel my ghillie shit right.